Welcome to the Rent to Retirement Podcast, your resource for passive real estate investing and retirement strategies. If you're new to real estate or planning your financial future, you're in the right place. Join us at renttoretirement.com to find your path to financial freedom and an easy, carefree retirement. Enjoy the show. Hey, Rent to Retires, it's Adam Schrader here with another episode, joined as usual by the founder and CEO of Rent to Retirement, Zach Lee Master. And today we're going to talk market analysis with the co-founder of Bright Investor, Donato Callahan. Donato, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, let's be honest, um, numbers aren't exactly the most enticing thing for a lot of people looking at uh, stats and those kind of things. How did you get into the world of analyzing data for markets. Yeah, so really what you just said, I didn't want to look at numbers and reports all day long. When I was first getting into real estate and I was trying to learn, one of the things that I found was if I went to an experienced real estate investor and asked what it is they really didn't like doing, and then if I volunteered to do that for free, then they'd give me a lot of experience and wisdom to be able to follow in their footsteps. And one of the biggest things that they didn't want to do was spend the hours behind a computer doing market research and pulling those numbers because it's not fun whatsoever. So I went through that process of going to like two dozen sites and having spreadsheets over here and numbers over here and statistics there and decided there had to be a better way to do that and find all that information. So after doing it for hours and hours and hours, weekend after weekend, that's what led to the inspiration of creating Bright Investor eventually to put all the market research into one spot. But it took a lot of time to learn what people look for for real estate investments and what's the best way we can help take that information and turn it into actionable advice to go and buy a property. Yeah. And so I love the fact that you said whenever you went to people, you just said, hey, what do you need from me? Not necessarily what can you do for me, but what do you need that I can help with? So how did you... Um, like, how are you finding these uh, these people? Were you just finding them on like forums or, and how were you, were you just like emailing them and saying, hey, I want to be your, uh, you know, I want to be your minion. And yeah, do this I can be your you. hero baby, right? I can make it happen. <laughs> A couple of different ways. Uh, one was by joining um, an education group, you know, a lot like Rent to Retirement, where you can get to connect with other people who are doing real estate investing and come together and say, here's where I'm at in my journey, where are you in your journey? And so getting coaching and getting into a network of people who were doing what I want to be doing was a great way where I first got started into commercial multifamily, which is some of the investing that I do. On top of that, when I was first getting started, going to forums like the Bigger Pockets of blogs and forums and asking questions. And then also when I was back in college and I had no idea what I was doing, I would go on Google and look up the name of every real estate agent and lender and title company. In a different city, because I didn't want to piss off the people who are going to be working with me in my own city. And I just dial all day long and ask as many questions as they'd help answer until they didn't want to hang out and talk with a college kid anymore. And so doing all of that, in addition to even cold emails, I did do some cold emailing to people and just say, hey, I'm a young guy. I'm trying to make this happen. Uh, This is what I want to be doing. This is how I can help. And this is where I think I can provide some value. And chasing down all those avenues through paid coaching, through forums and blogs, to dialing random people and sending cold emails to other investors, all is how I started getting connected with people, learning what were the big pain points. You're a hustler, Donato, that's great. And um, I mean, that's that's a common theme we see with people that are successful in, in business and real estate is willing to offer your services for free. I mean, I don't know how many people reach out to us and like, hey, you know, um, this, this is what I wanna do. Like, 
yeah, how can you help me? And these not necessarily investors, because yes, we're there to help you, but just new aspiring people that maybe they don't have enough money to invest or whatever, but definitely taking the approach of, hey, what are your pain points and how can I solve problems for you and add value? And we're not even talking about payment, right? Like this is this is education. This is sweat equity that you're building. I think that's huge. And if more people actually put in the time to do that and actually follow through, because there's a lot of people that re- will reach out and then like they talk a big game yeah. and then and then nothing, right? And it's like, yes. I'm getting really frustrated with even spending time anymore with like, we almost give people little tasks, be like, that don't even matter, just go and do this. And it's just a simple fact of like doing it to prove that you'll follow up. And I got to say like 95% of people just just won't, you know. Um, but anyways, I'll get off my little rant with, with that. <laughs> I think in market analytics and market data is really important, right? And I think especially when you're looking, not only your local market, but when you're taking the step to try to invest out of state for whatever the reason, if your local market is too expensive or um, if you are making the decision just like we did, where it's like, hey, there's better opportunities out there. Why don't we be savvy investors and try to learn how to invest where the opportunity is and the best returns. Like it's, it all comes down to data. Now we use your software personally at rent to retirement. I know you have some promos for, for our listeners. We'll talk about, but this, your, your software along with other resources, like this is all important for us to actually analyze markets and Mm -hmm. make informed decisions. Let's talk about that a little bit more specifically. Uh, And you're, you're obviously a real estate investor yourself. This is built by and for real estate investors. What type of market data, is important when you're trying to understand an area where you want to invest? Oh man, there's dozens of different data points that come to mind. But when I have someone who's saying, I have this potential market, I have this potential property that I'm just looking into and I have no idea where to start. I think a great thing to keep in mind is doing a market recap. Recap is an acronym that stands for rents, employment, crime, appreciation, and population. You can look at those five things it's a great starter way to start understanding if this is the market you want to be in. And each of those things carry its own weight for some obvious reasons and some not so obvious reasons. Things like employment, if we're looking to buy in a market and the entire population there works for the oil industry, well, that's great when you are in a small southwestern Texas town, oil is doing fantastic, and you have no vacancy problems because oil is booming. But when oil crashes, and people have to get up and leave because everyone for that one industry, then you're left with a massive vacancy problem. You're not cash flowing all because you bought in a market where the employment industries weren't diverse enough to support ups and downs in the employment sectors. So looking at markets for seeing where people are working and even things like appreciation, where if I'm going to buy a property and hold it for a long period of time, am I going to be able to increase my property's value by 1% a year, 3% a year, or am I actively losing value by investing in that zip code? Those things like rent, employment, crime, appreciation, and population are all crucial indicators to start looking into a market, as well as some of the more advanced ones like build permits for path of progress, income tracking, rent to own ratios, and a whole lot more. Which if you were doing just one, like if someone said, you know, if they don't have Bright Investor and they're doing what you were originally doing, you know, they were going out to all of these websites and looking at all of these numbers, what would be the first thing that you would look at to just either, you know, cross it off your list to see, you know, no, this market is definitely not what I would do because of this factor. Mm -hmm. I always start with population, always, always start with population. And that really comes down to the fact that, no, as landlords and investors, we're a service provider. We're providing housing to people and people are ultimately our customers. 
If I have a market with fewer people, I have fewer customers, and that increases the amount of competition I may have to attract someone to my rental property. And when I have fewer people in an area, economic opportunities tend to be lower, tend to have a more difficulty with more business coming into town, and there's fewer desirable things that are actively bringing people to that area. So a population is a great initial catch-all to see if this area is one growing, and is that growth going to bring more opportunities to invest in? Yeah, you're talking about population trend, right? The tr- mm-hmm. trends, not just current population, because we see some Absolutely. areas that are, you know, smaller areas, but it's like, hey, they've had 30% growth over the past, you know, five years or, or whatever. Adam, I'm curious to hear your opinion on what's what's a data point that you start out with. Uh, well, I'm, I'm 100% market. with him. I look at population as well. I mean, that's the the biggest thing to me is the the population growth over everything else. I would say, yeah, I mean, that's huge. I mean, it, it makes sense, right? Fundamentally, you want to, you're, you're housing people. You want people to rent your house and be able to eventually buy your house if you're selling it. And, um, and especially, I, I don't just do it by population growth. I compare it to the U.S. average. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at population growth, you might see like 2% growth, 1% growth and think that's horrible. Well, the U.S. is growing at like 0.1% right now, mm-hmm. 0.2, something like that. So 1% is really... 10 times better than the national average. So it yeah, may not look like a ton, but it could be. That's a really good point. I mean, it, it's all relative based on what you're, what you're referencing. And some people like, you got to know how to read stats, right? And I think yes. that's why I want to talk about that, Donato, as well, because um, I think that's really important to like know, okay, you can collect all this data and you can use your resource to, to look at um, some data, just all a, a snapshot all in one place. But then you need to make a decision based off of that data. And you you have to know, like, hey, does this data like is this good? Like, what what is this? Does this make sense? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just I'm going to throw a quick caveat in a couple of things that I look at for when we're looking at a market to to break into. Um, the first thing I look at before any stats is uh, legislation and, and tax mm-hmm. structures. Um, because I know that I don't, I just simply, that's like checkbox, right? Either I'm going to be in this area where I can have an easy time as a landlord or a difficult yeah. time. Um, yeah, and, the bad guy or the good guy, right? Exactly. And from there, and then from there, I think, yeah, population is huge. I also like to look a lot of times at uh, rent, to, rent to price ratio, mm-hmm. um, uh, median house price point for the, the area that we're looking at. Um, we like to be below the median house price point of markets when we enter them, especially like if we can be in new construction under 430,000 or whatever the median new build houses out in the US. I mean, I know that we're going to be in an area where we have high tenant demographics or a lot of uh, a lot of renters and potential home buyers. So those are some good things to, to look at, Donato. I mean, what else? Let's let's talk about the data, though, a little bit and interpretation. Does a bright, bright investor have any sort of metrics um, to, to provide? I mean, there's data to look at, but how does someone read a report? Uh, of course, they could advise, you know, have an advisor like someone on our team with like help them interpret the data. But if they don't, how do they look at data and know if it's good or not? Yeah, absolutely. So one thing we've been doing with Bright Investor actually is we host weekly market research and live Q&A sessions every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central specifically for that purpose. We have folks who come in who've never even heard of Bryce Bister and some of our most super users. We all come in and we teach each other and we educate on what we're looking for for analytic trends, what's good and what's not great, and how we can interpret them to help take action in real estate investing. On top of that, we publish our rules of thumb or my own personal rules of thumb that provide guidance for a lot of people who are on Bright Investor to be able to take reference points and be able to see, okay, this is what I'm seeing for a growth rate. How does that compare to you know, rules of thumb overall? 
And then a last functionality that we really like about Bright Investor is that when you're looking at a market, we're not just looking at one city. We actually break it down to the different areas in that city, like a zip code. So if I'm looking at, say, you know, the Austin, Texas market, I can get really specific and see that this one zip code in the city is growing faster and more strongly than every other zip code around it. So we can start comparing growth rates and trends within a market itself. So we're not just left to have to choose, do I like the city as a whole or not? But we can get way more specific and find those golden opportunities in the rough where others may not find them. Yeah, that's that's so key, uh, what you just talked about, because I, I can't count the amount of times people will say, yeah, but I pulled up this this data on Zillow about Ohio. And it's like, OK, what city in Ohio? I don't know. I just looked at Ohio. OK, well, well Cleveland. OK, well, what area in Cleveland? It's like, well, no, I was just looking at it's like you're t- you're you're not even looking at the right data to begin with. And this is what we talk about from zooming in from a macro perspective to a microeconomic scale to really be intentional in yeah exactly what area you're looking at. Because some of these areas, especially in the Midwest, there could be a dramatically different um, opportunity just a mile away or a few blocks away, right? And if you're just, if you're too zoomed out, looking at the area as a whole, you could you could miss that or had just have the wrong information. Um, so I'm glad you made that point because that's so essential. But I would like to hear just for the audience purposes, what are some rules of thumb? What are some, uh, you, you said you have some rules of thumb you like to follow. I mean, Absolutely. Give, give us those nuggets of knowledge. Yeah, so for me personally, when it comes to my rules of thumb, I assign them to the recap as well. So for things like population, I like to see 10% population growth over the past 10 years at a minimum. For employment, I like to see also 10% job growth in the past 10 years with specific major industries of government, uh, professional business services, education and healthcare, and trade and transportation and utility industries, particularly because they're the most recession resistant, they're stable, and by and large, governments, colleges, and hospitals do not fail every day. There's gonna be able to provide stable employment. And they rarely get smaller. <laughs> exactly, absolutely, they always grow. And so when I look at those industries, I'm also looking to see that the top four industries um, in that market are all within about 20 to 25% of each other. Mainly speaking, I don't want any one industry dominating um, that area. Otherwise, I might be too over-reliant on it. When it comes to crime around a particular property, I look to get away from things that have a hyper-focus or hyper-density of violent crime particularly. Things like uh, simple assaults, uh, burglaries, thefts, break-ins, potentially sexual assaults, as well as maybe weapon law violations. All those things are most things that will overall have a tenant feel like they're not safe there and can massively reduce your ability to attract tenants. Appreciation. I like to see an appreciation rate of at least 2% a year, in addition to having not lost value in the last two consecutive years. So I want to be able to see an area that is continuing to go up, is not in a bit of a downturn, and that usually protects me from buying in areas that are too hot, that have already gotten their price maximums, and now they're starting to come back a little bit, and I can start finding those smaller areas and ride them up as they grow. And then lastly, for rents, I want to make sure that when I do my renovation and I have my pro forma rents down on a property, I want that rent to be less than three times the uh, one-third of the median income in that area. Because if my target is to be able to provide a product or my housing unit that is affordable for people that I'm able to come in and make it happen, then I need to make sure that the rents I'm looking at are proportioned to the income in that region so that I'm never either pricing myself too cheaply or I'm not pricing myself too expensive or now I'm unable to attract any particular renter. Man, that's some um, 
nuts and bolts stuff, man. That's that's pretty deep. I appreciate you giving the rules of thumb. I'm sure many people are scratching down notes and they'll have to re-listen to that. So giving away all the analytic secrets. I love that. Um, curious about schools because this is something like mm. really geographically speaking, like some areas where, again, on the surface, it depends where you're getting data. I hate when people send Zillow information to us and they're like, well, I found this <laughs> and those estimates. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Good so, but, but school information and, and, you know, I should back up because a lot of people don't know any better, right? That is the most, um, and that's what we're here to do is educate people. And mm -hmm. that is the most, um, I guess, public facing statistical source for people is like just a uh, just Zillow. I always encourage them. You better go to census data um, as a next starting point. And then we can share resources like your program with um, mm -hmm. where they have uh, benefits being part of our community to participate in that as well. And then, of course, we have we have data we could, we're happy to share. Right. We do all of this. We use your software mm -hmm. um, and things. But I guess the schools is the one thing where it's like, hey, in some parts of the country, the public school system is just not that good. Yep. And they'll, they'll look on um, or not that favorable or sought after. And so they'll look Some online. Marks, like, yeah. they're, they're like, hey, the, the school system. But then they have a really good private school system. And then it's, you know, but it, on the surface, the stats don't look good. I mean, any any advice on schools? Yeah. So we actually partner with our folks over at Great Schools to be able to bring that information in. And Brian Mester uses U.S. Census, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics and all that information in one place. But with schools, I'm typically looking for things that mean that it's gonna be at least above the median. So I'm looking for schools using the grade schools rating of four, five, and six or higher to be able to attract people in. Because nationally speaking, like Thomas Jefferson High School off in the East Coast, one of the top schools in the nation, it's a 10 out of 10, which is fantastic. But I look at my own high school where I went and back in Bettendorf, Iowa, I think that school is like a three or a four, or maybe even a five. And I remember having a very positive experience at it. So I typically look for schools that are at least a four, five, or six on the scale, in addition to having proximity to other schools in the pipeline. Meaning that if I'm buying a property, there's a close by elementary school, middle school, and then high school as well. So one person, or for example, a young family moving into my rental property has the capacity to have their kids send, go through the entire educational system without having to move, which can increase my tenant retention if I'm able to provide their children all the educational pathways they need with one property. Yeah, that's huge. That's really important stuff. I think I look at my own local school district and it's like, at least on Zillow or whatever, it's a, it's listed at a three and it's like, no, we pay it an insane amount of taxes. My wife did chose to live here intentionally because it's like one of the best in Colorado, but it's listed as a three out of 10. It's like, what? <laughs> Anyways, Adam, I, what, what are your I, thoughts? I don't factor school ratings much into mine because in my opinion, people are going to live where they can afford to live and want to live. And so the schools, I mean, it's kind of like what you were just just saying. The school ratings mean very little when it comes to how good it actually is. And so for me, schools, I mean, it can a little bit, but I don't think it entices the renter as much as it needs to be. Because if you want to get into the really good school district, you're probably that's a whole other socioeconomic class um, yes. that they can get into. Like if you're in a fifteen hundred dollar a month rent area look and see where you can get $1,500 a month in the city where it's going to be better. And it's probably not really in those areas. You probably have to get up into the $2,500, $3,000 a month to get into the best school districts. So for me, I haven't ever put too much stock in the, the school ratings. I mean, obviously, I don't want to see, you know, uh, all the schools in this area shut down recently because, you know, there's no population growth and it's going under disrepair. But 
I've, I've never put that much stock in it. I know a lot of people do. I mean, maybe it has more impact whenever you're looking to buy a home, but I just, that's not for me. Adam, that's huge. I think, uh, I think a lot of uh, the newer investors will benefit from hearing that from you because as I agree with you hundred percent, like it depends on the socioeconomic class and like with typically the blue collar type of tenant that's running these houses, that is not the driving factor mm. for, for rents. Um, and the, the stats just aren't really that great to begin with. I never look at schools. I'm not saying that it's not something that you should be conscious of, but not a decision making uh, factor when I'm looking at investing in a lot of these areas. So, yeah. So you mentioned you pull from like the census, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the other ones maybe that people haven't heard of as much? Um, like, do you pull anything from Zillow? Um, you know, kind of what are you, where are you getting these things? Yeah. So we pull from places like the U.S. Census, Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, if you guys have heard of Randometer, we're able to uh, pull data from Randometer. So everyone that's on Brandmaster gets unlimited access to Randometer rent comps. Um, to be able to see what they should be charging for rent. And we also work with a company called RentCast that we use to showcase rent growth on a month-by-month -month basis, how are rents increasing and decreasing in an area. We work with folks over at Crimometer and the FBI UCR report, which is our crime statistics and crime uh, mapping for across the whole U.S. In addition to folks like Adam, uh, Redfin, we work with folks like Mashvisor uh, to look at rents information, even things like, I'm going to rack my brain here for a second, Airbnb data uh, to be able to look at live listings and also information with like Zillow and real estate API to show listing information for properties in the region. So we're pulling information from a lot of different sources, both uh, publicly available and privately held to get access to them, in addition to other companies to get things like our build permit tracking for, de for development uh, and path of progress tracking and a couple other companies as well. So we are pretty much working with all the big names in the real estate space that you may have heard of, maybe not heard of. Usually a lot of the sites that people are already going to, but they have to go to them each independently and they have to pay those individual subscription costs. And we've said, this is already the best places to get information. Let's see if we can take them, put them in one spot and then analyze them and then visualize them on easy to understand maps. So it was a whole lot less reading and a whole lot more. There's my search. There's my answer. Let me go put an offer in. Yeah, I view it more whenever you were talking about that. I was thinking the exact same you were. I was thinking, you know, that's a lot of streaming services I have to subscribe to, or yeah, I can no. just get the, or I can just get the cable package that is Bright Investor. Um, yeah. Not to sound like a commercial, but when you were talking about like, you know, Adam Data, um, you know, Rentometer, all of these things, they are pay things that if you want to get the data, it's it ain't cheap. So <laughs> that's yeah. huge. We've done we've done the math several times on what we do. Um, you know, with where we, if an individual person were to go to all the different providers that we work with and were to get us an individual subscription with all of them, it costs the average consumer between three and $5,000 a month just to get access to all that data. Whereas Brian Mester, we offer the nationwide unlimited package just for 99 bucks a month. So we're trying to be as affordable as possible because truthfully, we believe that real estate investing should not be gatekept by those massive institutions you know, and that everyone, just like you guys are doing, helping communicate and bring people from, I don't know how to get into real estate to here's how I do it. You know, you smooth over that process to get people into the game. That's what we're trying to do with Bright Investor, where now you can democratize access to this information that's way easier, faster, and more affordable. So more people go from someday to tomorrow, I will get into real estate and I'm doing it. 
That's great. That's awesome. And Adam, I think there's a code, right? For anyone looking to yep. in the ROR community. So 99 bucks a month starting point, but being a part of the rental retirement community, we appreciate Bright Investor offering a discount for our, our community. Yeah, it's, a, it's up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube, but if you're listening, if you go to brightinvestor.com and enter the code R2R, you'll get 25% off your first year or 50% off your first month if you don't want to um, you know, commit to the whole year right there at the beginning. So that's what that's, we've... Uh, that's R number two R, right? Yep, R and then t- the number two and then R. So Donato, what a, what's surprised you about how people have used the system? Because I mean, I remember whenever you showed me this and you were doing a demonstration, it was literally so much. There was so yeah. much whenever I was looking at it. Yeah, um, it's a lot. What, what has surprised you about how people have used it versus how you thought they were going to use it? Yeah, so I was surprised by how many types of real estate investors have used it. So I've on phone calls and I do my coaching sessions with folks. I've had people come on and say, I have a flip under contract. Should I move forward on it in this area? I've had people come to me saying, I have a short-term, a luxury short-term rental potential deal. Should I be buying this rental? I've had people with wholesale deals looking for subject to and wholesale deals across the nation. Anytime they have a potential deal, they pop it in Bright Investor, check out the area. And then if they like it, they go and they pick that property up including people like commercial multifamily syndicators using it to help show their investors why they should be putting capital into this market. And I even had a pretty crazy use case during the fires in Hawaii on Lahaina. We had someone come in and use our custom data feature where you can upload your own information and display uh, properties on like an address level across an entire market. And they were receiving hundreds of applications for aid because they worked for a church in Lahaina. And so they said, hey, can I use Bright Investor's custom data feature to upload the addresses of all the people who are requesting aid so I can see which people are in the areas that are the hardest hit and prioritize them better? And so he went from 600 applications to about 100 of the people who are in the most dire needs. And they use that by visually displaying data on Bright Investor, which was absolutely crazy to us. That's a diversity of users. That's great. I'm a simple person, Donato, so I like to look at data just, you know, sometimes it can be overwhelming uh, if there's just too much. So is there customizable type of ability for people that are like, hey, like your your recap summary, like, hey, I just want to focus on these main points. I'm sure that's a feature, right? Yeah. So when you come on Bright Investor, we have those, we're adding those uh, rules of thumb in where you say, hey, if you're getting started in the market, R-A-C-A-P, here's exactly how to do it. And then all the folks who are in the academy will actually have a custom video walking through. If you're looking to get in and get out and learn your information, here's exactly how you do your market recap in just a few minutes. Yeah. And so, um, well, I I kind of, but don't really hate to be that guy. So, um, Donato, I've got this market. And um, (laughs) I've got a property I'm looking at in the market. Uh, We, you know, we, we just got into the short term rental market in New Braunfels, Texas. I'm just about 45 minutes south of me. I go there probably about six times a year. I'm with my kids because they love the Schlitterbahn water park there. Um, Yes. You pulled some uh, information for us about this area. If you wouldn't mind just breaking it down, show us kind of what you can learn about an area like that pretty quickly. I mean, we, we mentioned this market to you maybe like two minutes before we started recording and you were like, Oh, bing, bang, boom here, here's Mm -hmm. stats. And it was, Okay. I, I could have told you off the top of my head, it's doing well. Um, but <laughs> you knew a little bit more than that. So tell us a little bit about kind of what you found quickly about this area 
um, in, in, in Texas, in Central Texas? Yeah, so it took me about 20 seconds to pull up a couple of key indicators. First, the one I looked at was population growth. And I can see that over a previous eight-year period, New Braunfels grew from 81,000 people to over 121,000 people, which is just phenomenal growth, almost 50%. And their population growth map is just up and to the right. So I'm loving the growth in this region. Specifically, certain zip codes have seen respectively 37% and 79% individual zip code population growth for both the zip codes in New Braunfels. So I am loving that metric with my rule of thumb being 10% over 10 years. This market is definitely dominating that. <laughs> yeah. Next thing I looked at was income. And so typically I want to see things that income is going up over time to understand if I'm going to be able to continue to see, you know, increased rents, things of that nature. And the income growth is phenomenal too. Over that same eight year period, it went from 54,672 to 73,662. So almost a $20,000 a year median household income growth over an eight year period. Again, almost about 30 to 40% growth there. So both those two things tell me this is a high demand area that people are moving into, the incomes are going up, and I can continue to look at more information if I'm interested, like the median price point. I'm searching this right now, median price over a seven, eight year period, five, four, three, two, one. And we can see here that the median price has gone up 41.5% over the last seven years from previously around $260,000 to an all-time high of four fifty dollars back in April 22. It has now cooled off to about three seventy dollars mark. So it has had some, seen some meteoric growth in median prices over the last seven years, which to me, coupled with in massive population growth and income growth, tells me that this is a market that's definitely on the up and up. Yeah, I mean, this is something where uh, we've just kind of broken into the short term space. So uh, in New Braunfels, Texas, this is an area where Adam personally vacations. So, you know, he may be renting out your short term rental uh, with with his large family. But um, <laughs> this is uh, this is an area where we have short term rentals that do do quite well. You can operate them as long term rentals as, if you want, or you can furnish them and do short term rentals. And this is an area, as Donato just pointed out, based on great statistical analysis, that this is a growing area. Um, so certain an area where we're excited about in general, anytime we can be in the Southeast with new construction, you know, short-term rental type of things. I mean, that's where a lot of the population is, is growing just, just generally speaking. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, Donato, I want to talk a little bit about actually making investment decisions based on, on data because, and I'd like to hear your opinion on this, but data is, in my opinion, is a starting point. And then, of course, you know, you got to really dive in and talk to the local people there and full, try to fully understand. And this is a learning process. And you fully understand through investing in that area. I don't think you'll ever fully know a market um, without owning property there. I think that's the best way to truly know. But these are starting points to look at. And then obviously talking with the local professionals, talking with people like our team and the local property managers. I mean, these are all really important things to get a full comprehensive um, view of what the market what the market is doing and what it's um, projected to do. Would you would you agree with that, or how would you recommend people use data to make investment decisions? Yeah, so I suggest that people use data to one decrease your fear and increase your confidence that you're not making a horrible decision, right? Real estate is one of the best tried and true wealth creating asset classes for a reason. It's because people have been doing it over and over again with predicted tried and true models. And so by using data and looking at where areas are trending up and which areas are trending down, we can remove the immense amount of fear that sometimes people have about getting into real estate or worrying about investing in the wrong area. 
But the key point of that is that once you have the information, you've done the research, you use Bright Investor or not, maybe you talk to the people here at Rent to Retirement and they've walked you through the process, you still have to pull the trigger and get into a property so you have the actual experience being on the ground, what's happening around the property. And then as you move forward, you go from kind of data discovery to data maintain it, maintaining. And you're looking to see, now that I'm here, how is it trending over time? Am I seeing new construction locally? Are the rents continuing to go up locally? And what can I understand to make sure that I'm being wary of any potential or massive changes coming to the market and make sure that as we have this investment that we're stewarding it appropriately. But all the information in the world won't cause someone to jump that hurdle and actually take action and buy a property. But it can prepare you and make the road a lot more smooth to walk down. And then once you've taken that jump, it can help keep you out of you know, hairy situations where you don't see something coming around the bend. You get absolutely walloped across the head. Yeah. yeah, I feel like data can be used. I use it more whenever I'm looking at it. It's where not to invest. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of times I'm, I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's no, that's a no. Um, for me, and then I can move on. I mean, data for for good markets, kind of like what you were saying. Sometimes it can look, you know, it might be a little too rosy in in some ways if you look at the wrong stuff. But it's pretty easy to look at a market using data and just be like, yeah, that's that one's definitely not for me. Like you were saying, like if you see it trending down and everything's trending down, just write that one off. Um, you know, if you see it trending up, then that's a maybe. But I I like to use that as more of an exclusionary thing as opposed to final decision making in a lot of cases. And you can have really specific, I mean, you can set your own metrics and criteria, right? But sometimes I think people get hyper concentrated on that as well. It's like, you know, just just look at trends. Generally speaking, we try to simplify real estate for people. And sometimes people overthink it too much. And especially when they start to dive deep into the into the information and the data. But it's like, if you just invest in an area that has a good like population trend and people are moving to the area and it's got a diversity of economy and diversity of industries and like, it's doing well and people want to live there and houses are, are renting out well. I mean, you will probably do well, right? Yes. So I think that's like, you know, don't don't spend this is important stuff, but don't spend so much time on the stats and information that it actually, you know, hinders you and you get analysis paralysis or whatever just by trying to overcomplicate things. Guys, we well, we've done a lot of the work for you in a lot of the areas that we focus on, but in general, develop your criteria and your goals. And then find a market that matches that and then just move forward. Don't overthink it. Because once you do, you know, you often like lose sight of the big picture. And you honestly, no one knows for sure the future. We can look at all these trends, but you don't really know. I mean, that's the benefit of having a diversified portfolio is making informed investment decisions in good areas. And then just doing that consistently and investing in good locations with good teams. And you're pretty much guaranteed to be successful. What do you think, Donato? Absolutely. The trend is way more important than what's happening right now. Because, for example, you might see a number and say, oh, this looks good this month. That's great. But when you zoom out a little bit, you can see that it's actually been trending down or up in a way that you didn't want it to go. So the trend is much more important. And then accepting the fact that you can't control everything. The future is still yet to be written. But by watching those trends and then being reacting accordingly to them and taking those decisions based off the data that we're seeing, we can go in and say, oh, if I'm going to own this property for a period of 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and I like what's happening in the area, I can be fairly confident that we're going to walk out of this with a very successful investment and a very happy investor on the other side of it. Absolutely. Well, Donato, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Again, the website is brightinvestor.com. Use the code R, the number two R. 
uh, to get 25% off your first year or 50% off your first month. Uh, Donato mentioned our academy. You can find out more about that at renttoretirement.com and we'll have a link in the show notes as well. You can see uh, you know, how to get started. Donato is putting together a course, like he said. It will run you through how to use his, but we're also going to take you from the very beginning of finding out your why and finding your real estate all the way through, you know, well, not through, but, you know, <laughs> getting you to the point where you're you're as excited to talk about taxes as Zach is because you've taken these courses. Um, and of course, as you're going through, whether you're in it or getting started, if you have any questions, email them to podcast at renttoretirement.com and Zach and I will answer them in future episodes. That's podcast at renttoretirement.com. Really appreciate the time you spent educating yourselves today. We'll talk to you on the next episode.